HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. My name is Kat Johnson, and today I am with the Heritage Radio Network crew broadcasting live from the Fire, Flower, and Fork Festival in Richmond, Virginia. And more specifically today, we are broadcasting from the Virginia Museum of History and Culture. That is where Food U is taking place. It's a day full of talks and panels and classes. for anyone who's interested in anything related to food history and cooking and food in general. Um, Right now, I am joined by our guest, Michael Plum, who is the Vice President for Guest Engagement here at the Virginia Museum of History and Culture, otherwise known as VMHC. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. So quickly, I wanted to give a little bit more background on the museum. Um, VMHC is owned and operated by the Virginia Historical Society, which is one of the oldest and most distinguished history organizations in the nation. And here they care for a collection of nearly 9 million items representing the ever-evolving story of Virginia. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> just just a couple objects in the collection. No big deal. Yeah, it's pretty small. Um, so, Michael, tell us a little bit about the, the mission of the museum here and the work that you guys do. Sure. So our big role here is to share the unparalleled story of Virginia and really help um, you know, guests who come into this building connect with their past and to think about history in new and exciting ways. And you know, we do that in a, in a few, different, few different ways. Obviously, our exhibitions, we have... Um, just some really powerful stories to tell. We have a tremendous research library where people can actually come and do that work, you know, do the work of history and um, you know, connect with those 9 million objects in new and interesting ways. Um, but we're always trying to do more and be more for, uh, for this state and tell that story in new and exciting ways. So one of the interesting exhibitions that your colleague Nicole was telling us about yesterday on a tour is um, called Fresh Paint. Yeah. Tell us about that. So Fresh Paint just opened um, last weekend, and what we did was we invited 10 muralists to come into our building and be inspired by our collection. Uh, I'm relatively new to Richmond, but over the past year or so that I've been here, you drive around town, there are murals everywhere. It seems like everywhere you look, there's um, exciting artwork. And we thought, what better way to inspire maybe a new generation to think about history differently than to bring some of those artists in, let them be inspired by our collection, and put that art up on the walls. So while those artists are used to working on the sides of buildings, here they came into our galleries but still put together these incredible murals 
that are powerful, that are huge. They're just really moving um, to see and think about that history in different ways. Cool. Um, and then what are some of the like most classic exhibitions that people come here to see year after year yeah. to learn about the history of Virginia? So our go-to is called The Story of Virginia. Um, which is one of those kind of permanent exhibits that people are always coming in to look at. Um, it covers 16,000 years of Virginia history. So there's a few stories in there to tell. Um, but that's where we really have huge success engaging students uh, who come here to learn more about the Commonwealth they live in. Um, you know, teachers love it because it covers the history they teach in the classroom in exciting ways and allows them to tell the full story of our Commonwealth's history in one, you know, kind of amazing exhibit. So before you came here, you were living in Northern Virginia, so yeah. you're not a stranger to the state per se, but what, what things have you learned about the Richmond community since you've been living here, whether it's like academic and historical sure. or just like the city itself that you love about it? Yeah, so I came here by way of uh, Northern Virginia and George Washington's Mount Vernon, so I've been kind of doing museum work for, for over 10 years now, and uh, when I got the chance to come to Richmond, I was just kind of blown away by everything that this city has to offer. Um, you know, I joke to some colleagues sometimes, you, know, you can't turn around without finding a new and amazing restaurant. It seems like every every community has its own little neighborhood cafe or a restaurant that, you know, really just blows people away with the food. There's breweries everywhere, distilleries everywhere. It's just a, you know, a really exciting place to be a part of. But it's also a city that values its history. And you know, it, quite frankly, is always wrestling with its history. And that's exciting to me. You know, that's where um, I think we can do a really good job of making sure that history is still relevant in people's minds, um, that we can contextualize the debates that are going on, again, almost every day about this city and its past. And, you know, we really feel like we're relevant. You know, we're a part of that story and a part of that conversation. And, you know, not every city values its history in that same way. So it's, it's a really fun to be a part of. And in your role as um, Vice President of Guest Services, or Guest Engagement, yeah. I'm sorry, um, tell us a little bit about what that day-to-day -day role looks like. Sure. So the Guest Engagement team here is just such a, a pleasure to be a part of. Um, it encompasses a lot of different teams. So our Guest Services staff who uh, greet our guests when they come in, our special events teams who help pull off things like Fire Flower Fork. Uh, our education staff, so the folks that are actually here doing tours on site, but also engaging in students, engaging with students around the Commonwealth through our distance learning initiatives called History Connects. Um, our volunteer staff who are here you know, helping out with almost all of those other things uh, and our retail operations. So it's uh, the folks that are really working on the front line who are, are helping to engage our guests and make sure that their visit is a pleasurable one, um, that they are learning something while they're here and uh, hopefully telling their friends and coming back to see more as our uh, exhibits evolve over time. It's a great group. I'm really proud to be a part of it. And do you have any um, programming coming up that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, so Fresh Paint in particular is letting us do some new things. You know, we, we talk about history all the time, but we want to make sure we're engaging students in particular in different ways. And so we're actually doing some art programming now, you know, helping art teachers come in and see how they can bring classes here or help um, see how they can incorporate that artwork back in their classroom when they're back at their schools. Um, we also have uh, November 11th coming up, which is the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day. So thinking about the end of World War I, we've been doing some commemorations throughout the year tied around World War I. We closed an exhibition at the end of July that was called 
um, World War One America and looked at how World War One really is this transformative experience for our country. You know, both the soldiers that went off to war, but really what happened when they came back and how dramatically society changes at that time. Uh, as part of that commemoration, we still have an exhibit on right now called the Commonwealth in the Great War that really focuses on Virginia's sacrifice during the conflict. And so, you know, we see Veterans Day as always a time to remember and reflect about the, um, you know, troops who have served our country. But here specifically, we can think about and commemorate the soldiers who served in World War I um, and soldiers from the Commonwealth who served and made those sacrifices. Um, so from November 10th to the 12th, we have free admission here for active duty uh, military members and veterans, and that's through the generosity of the Boeing Company. And on November 11th, we're going to have just a, a slate of family-friendly activities throughout the day, including, and I haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, Sergeant Stubby, uh, which is this animated movie about, wait for it, about a dog uh, who basically joins the U.S. military, goes off, fights in France, um, and is part of this, this army unit going through combat in the fields of France. So... Um, it was animated. It involves, I think, Helena Bonham Carter is one of the voices, and Gerard Depardieu. Come on. Um, so we'll be showing that for free. Uh, I'll be here on Saturday at 11.30 and 2.30. We want all kinds of families to come out and take a look and see what we have going on. Amazing. So as I mentioned, we're here for Fire, Flower, and Fork. And um, our team, a couple of us flew in on Thursday, and we're here for the Thanksgiving throwdown, yeah. um, which was so good. There was so much good food. I mean, yeah. when it comes to Thanksgiving food, you really can't go can't wrong. Go and the chefs did an incredible job making this really filling food work nicely in a taste yeah. around setting. I sure. was very impressed by that. Um, but yeah, and, and now we're here for Food U. Um, a lot of programming going on today. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's like very educational, which is super in line with your mission. Um, what does it mean to the museum to have a program food focus like this taking place at the museum? Sure. I mean, it's a, it's a really big thing for us. We were really excited to even, you know, hear about the prospect of hosting some of these events. Um, like I said, new to Richmond, so I didn't get a chance to experience Fireflower Fork last year. But when I when I learned about it and started looking at the folks who are involved in years past, you know, and I, you start hearing names like Michael Twitty and Vivian Howard, and, you know, all of a sudden you just get so excited about the prospect of those real heavy hitters in the food industry being here in our building because, you know, food is such a, an essential part of Virginia's history. Um, you know, looking back, you know, we have the first cookbook that's actually published in America. It's published in Williamsburg. It's the, the Complete Housewife. Uh, and then we have things like the Virginia, the Virginia Housewife published by Mary Randolph in the 19th century that is essentially the first, you know, regional cookbook and it's quintessential cookbook in American history. We have these great ties to food. Um, and it's so wonderful to help our guests and all the participants here tie back to that history, which is still so relevant today. I mean, that food culture that Richmond is so proud of, it has its roots in those early days and centuries ago. Um, you know, food was still very important, obviously, to Virginians. And so it's exciting to have that here. Um, you know, and then for what it does to our guests, you know, we want people to come in and see this building in a new way. Um, you know, the oldest part of our building is in the front. It dates back to 1913. It was built for a different purpose. Uh, the Confederate Memorial Association builds that structure. When they go defunct, we eventually move in. So in 1959, uh, we move our collections here, and we start to expand over those years. And sometimes people go by that entrance on Boulevard, and it, it seems kind of cold, kind of uninviting. We've done a ton of work to make it look lively with, you know, 
beautiful banners, um, the poppies that are on the steps from that World War One commemoration. But still, we love the energy that this event brings to the building, and we hope that people who haven't been here before come and see it and think about it in a new way. And on a day where there's not fire, flower, and pork going on, if a food lover just happens to be visiting Virginia and they wanted to come to the museum, would you point them in any certain direction to like go check out some really cool food history about Virginia? Yeah, I mean, there's, I feel like there's so much to offer, um, but you can't go wrong with just going to Scott's Edition and walking around and checking out some of the offerings there to you know think about the past in that way. We're trying to do more in the building to kind of activate some spaces and you know, think about doing food, food history here. Um, so coming up in December, we're actually going to be doing chocolate making demonstrations. If anyone's here and hasn't gone back to the American Heritage chocolate table yet, make sure you go check it out. Um, we'll be doing a similar demonstration that really thinks about how chocolate was made and enjoyed in the 18th century. You know, we, we have records of you know folks like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson ordering chocolate. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that we feel like our guests today can really relate back to the 18th century in ways they probably didn't expect by doing some of that food history here in the building. Very cool. All right. Well, Michael, thanks so much for sitting down and talking to us about the Virginia Museum of History and Culture's role in bringing fire, flower, and fork to life. And thanks for hosting us. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. All right. Um, my name's Kat Johnson, and this has been... Um, Heritage Radio Network on tour, live from Fire, Flower, and Fork. My guest was Michael Plum of the Virginia Museum of History and Culture, where we are broadcasting today. Um, thanks once again to our sponsors, Virginia Wine, for making our coverage possible, and we will be back soon with more interviews.